Woke up this morning into my car to start my day. First stop is my buyer, who six months ago walked away. When I arrived, he treats me like a commodity. Give me a speck on his inner connect, he wants price and delivery. And if we're over $20, he tells me this business we're gonna lose. He's got a singing that old, don't know value. Welcome, everybody, to the Value Clarity Podcast, where we talk about customer perceived value and the many different aspects of trying to make value for your customers happen with inside your, your own company. Today, uh, I've got a guest that I'm thrilled about, Steve Lashansky, uh, a leadership mentor. He's written a book, The Ultimate Sales Revolution, which is about selling exactly the way I prescribed that, uh, that my clients sell. Steve, welcome. Mark, it's a pleasure to be here with you and your audience. Um, so the ultimate sales revolution is about understanding your customer's vision, mission, and goals and creating a fit between your stuff and your customer's vision, mission, and goals. Right, Mark, it's, it's even bigger than that because when we start to talk about customers, I really believe everybody who can affect the outcome of your business, not just those people who write you checks for your products or services, are customers. So from a leadership point of view, the book was really built on how do leaders sell the biggest intangibles of all, vision, mission, and goals. Because if you understand what it takes to really instill those as a desire for your customers, including your internal customers and colleagues, you can sell anything. And it's really built, as you know and I know, on creating value for everybody. Yeah, you know, uh, I was in an interview and I said, well, you know, the best listener wins. And that was a, a revolution, a revelation for somebody. And kind of true. It's not just the best listener wins. It's the one who understands. It's listening in the term of I see you, of genuine listening, genuine empathy, uh, most empathetic and the most insightful listener wins. Mark, you know what? I always take it to another level with this because I think so many times our customers don't know what they really value or what they really want. You know, one of my key uh, concepts here is the three sources of miscommunication. And one of those is your customers. And my question is, what percentage of the time is the first request a prospect or customer give you what's ultimately most important and valuable to them? Oh. And do it. <laughs> And doing this around the world, and we're talking around the world, Europe, Asia, Americas, uh, and Australia, the answer is 10 to 20%, which means if you do exactly what your customer wants or asks you to do, 80 to 90% of the time, you're missing the opportunity to maximize value. And that's a critical concept. So for me, it's listening as part of it, but I call it facilitating clarity about what's most important and valuable to your customer. Yeah. Um... Just this morning, I read a LinkedIn post that was purposely meant to be controversial. And, they, and the post was, don't sell benefits, just sell the features because your customer is responsible for translating your features into their own outcomes. That would be and, great if they knew how to do it. And you know, my, my response was, if you are willing to settle for the customer who knows their own needs so perfectly that, that they have done a perfect job of self-needs analysis then go ahead and sell the features. 
If you're but, lucky, that's 10% of your customers, if you're if, lucky. If you're lucky, and that's the 10% of your customers that are going to grind you on price anyway. But a real interesting counterpoint. And so I, I distinguish in my book between features and benefits and customer outcomes, right? Uh, the, the example in the article was people don't buy drills, they buy holes. Well, they don't really buy holes, they buy marital bliss, right? They buy creative expression. They buy on time, on budget performance. Not but here's the thing. They might be buying a whole, but they would value marital, marital bliss or creative expression multiple times more and be willing to pay multiples for it. And that's the important piece is that on one hand, the outcome of that whole is what they want, but they want it for a reason. And that reason why is where the value lives. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, that's... Everybody, that is why I had Steve here. Steve and I are kindred spirits on this stuff. Um, so thanks for, you know, not, not only a great introduction to you and your values, but um, what, you're, what you believe. So what's new in Steve Lashansky's world and in, in your practice? What are you up to lately? Well, you know, it's really fascinating because in this world of change that we're experiencing through COVID, you know, the big question comes up, you know, what do we need to do to continue to build momentum to accelerate our success? And the reality of it is, is the answer is exactly the same. The delivery vehicle may be slightly modified, but the answer is ultimately creating value for other people is the ultimate in building the kind of relationships that lead to good business. You know, I always ask the question, you know, what's the driving force of the best relationship? Sales is nothing if not a relationship business. Leadership is nothing if not a relationship business. So let's understand the driving force, the universal driving force of the most effective relationships. And the common answer, because I've done this with thousands of people, the first two are trust and respect. But they're the big seven are trust, respect, openness, communication, listening, caring, and understanding. To which I say, have you ever had all seven of those and it didn't work? And of course, the answer is, yeah, of course. So those are not the universal driving forces of the most effective relationship. They're really important. They're really necessary. You want to have them, but that's not enough. And what I end up saying, the ultimate universal driving force of a great relationship is the amount of value creating the relationship. The more value, the better the relationship. And around the world, everybody starts nodding their head reflexively. Yeah. Steve, I would read a, a blog post or an article on that or a quick video on that. Mm -hmm. Turn that into an article or video and I will share that. Infinitely. I'll tell you what I'm going to send you because I've got at least three articles and, and at least three videos on that already. Yeah. So I I'll will send them over to you. Yeah, I would love that. So um, your, your practice right now is focusing on leadership but customer value focused leadership, is that fair? Absolutely, well for me it's about leadership is really about ultimately how do you create a vision that's compelling in the present? You know, we talk about vision as if it's some magical characteristic, it's not. The heart of my practice today is twofold. Number one is executive coaching, both with the C-suite executives and leaders, but also doing a process I call the strategic alignment process, which is really aligning identity and values along with vision, mission, goals, and strategies. Because if you don't have, first of all, a basis of values 
upon which you can create value inside and outside your organization, it's really hard to clarify your purpose and your mission and your goals. Because the question is, okay, why is that the best choice if we make these the goals? And classically, people's decision-making process, which is what my emphasis is these days, how is your decision-making process coherent, consistent, sustainable, understandable, communicable to your people? Because the problem I find is a lot of people just kind of flail at decisions, whether you're selling something or you're trying to instill a sense of commonality around purpose and vision and mission in your, inside your organization. The question is, how does your purpose work? How does your process work? in a way that I can understand it and be communicated. Because again, as we both know in working with clients, external clients, you know, understanding their process and helping them to understand what really matters is one of the most critical features of the process. And yet most people don't have a coherent process. They try a couple of things and then they leap to an end result. And as you know, and you've written about so beautifully, the process needs to be clear, consistent, and well-established. And that lack of process is one of the things I find everywhere I go. I'll give you an example. So I say, how strategically aligned is your organization? I'll ask any CEO that question. And they look at me blankly and I'm going, give me five minutes with each of your top five people and I'll tell you in 30 minutes, which is pretty astounding. I'm gonna ask them three questions. What's your vision? What's your mission? What are your top three strategic objectives? If you don't get the same answer from all five of your most senior executives, you can only imagine what's going on in the rest of your organization. So in 20 years of doing this, you know how many times I've gotten the same answer to those three really simple, critical, powerful, valuable questions from the five people? The total number is, as anyone who knows would guess, zero. I was gonna say, you can not only count it on one hand, but you don't even have to raise a finger. That's it. I mean, and that's astounding to think about where you're talking about the most important decision-making factors, whether you're talking about your team internally or you're talking about your customer. Because if you, you know, achieving a customer's tactical objective has some value, helping them achieve their strategies or fulfill on their strategies has more value. Helping them reach their goals as a business has multiples more value but helping them fulfill on their vision and mission has even greater value than that. And yet most clients don't pay attention to that. And most people don't sell to that. Where's the greatest value? Always aimed there. And that's, you know, whether you're talking, how do I move my team and my organization or how do I move my clients and customers? You know, the question is to understand value and to help bring that out in a coherent process is critical. Yeah. I'm, uh, uh, had this client that sold um, a, a, a software service that made that helped make forecasts, demand forecasts, and uh, more accurate. And so they were selling to the demand planner inside their target wow. companies. Wow! Right? <laughs> and I asked them, like, this is the baby step question version of what you're talking about. I said. Wouldn't it be nice now that you've proven that you make the forecasts more accurate? Don't you think the CFO and the CEO care about that once a quarter when they talk to uh, their investor on their investor call? Do, do you think that the CEO likes giving accurate guidance? And what do you think that's worth it to the CEO? And they just kind of looked at me saying, 
I guess that would be pretty important. I said, how often have you talked to the CEO about that? Same number as, you know, the, as your, your question, you can count it on one finger with the, with the, you can count it on one fist. <laughs> and again, you know, the understanding of where the value lies, the person who's using a tool, there's some value there. The senior executive who can validate their quarterly business review and their, you know, their numbers to the Wall Street analysts, multiples of value. And we start to talk about how do we both persuade and get paid for our value the critical feature is to help that client understand their value. And again, I look at it, whether you're talking internal clients or external clients, they need to understand what's valuable to them. Let me give you another structure that we've just been talking about from a decision-making process, level of engagement. How engaged is your client, again, internally or externally? And I have four levels of engagement. The lowest level, which is really a level of not in compliance, at best, it's compliance is, uh, you have to do this. You know, that's one of the things. Second level, still not very much more than compliance is, I need to do this. How many times have you said, I need to do something and it didn't happen? So the first level of real engagement, whether you're talking about yourself or your people, is the level of, I want to do this. I want this. I want to see our organization use this. I want to see our customers have this totally different level of engagement, emotionally, mentally, you know, even let's talk about spiritually, when you want something versus I need something, totally different level of motivation. Then of course, the ultimate level is I love this, you know, and you're going to make something happen when you say, I love it. Why do we write the books? And I'm sure neither one of us has the greatest thrill of our life in writing. We write it because we love sharing these insights. We want this uh, wisdom to be in the hands of people who can use it. Yeah, I um, was reading a book uh, by uh, Bill Ekstrom, and he wrote a book about coaching and specifically sales coaching. And he said the, the function of a sales coach is not to get to the compliance. It's to instill the desire right. for that voluntary extra effort. I want this or I love this. Right? That's the state so we want. It's, it's, not, it's easy to get the salespeople to do what they have to do what they're expected to do, what's in the job performance. But your job as a coach is to get that, that voluntary extra effort. I forget the word he used, but it's, it is getting them to do more than the bare minimum. Well, you know why they would do that, Mark? Because they have to be able to answer the question of why would I do this? And unless they want to do it, and the reason they would want to do it or love to do it is they understand why it would be of value to them. Yeah. You know, so here's one of the exercises. Everybody listening can do the same thing. So I'm going to ask you to play with me. So raise your hand as high as you can. Now raise it higher. What was the challenge for the first request? So you were nice enough to comply, anybody who listened. But here's the thing. Nobody will give you 100%. They, they might like you enough to comply with you, but they'll never give you 100% till they know why you're asking them to do something even something oh, as innocuous as raising your arm. So yeah. the power of helping somebody understand why it's valuable to them is critical to the decision-making process and to the establishment of the real true value that they would want and love to have. Yeah. So we're tying it all together here. Yep. So uh, we're living in COVID 3.0, right? COVID wave 3.0. Right. And 
the world has changed. And it's not, you know, before COVID in 2019, we knew the only constant in business was change. And suddenly the world said, here, hold my beer, right? Uh, the changes are bigger, they're more rapid, um, they're far more unexpected, and I don't see that changing, right? The, the, it's not, this world is not just a step change to a new normal, nor is it going to step change back to what it was before. There's going to be a series of rolling normals. And so that situation analysis, if I'm correct, uh, that means that leadership can no longer be the, the, the visionary in the tower that looks out upon the landscape, sees a change, and then decides what the change should be and deploys it downward. The organization has to organ uh, organically be, and the entire organization has to be a set of sensory organs, decision-making organs within the context of expectations and vision that the leadership creates. And that's not the way we learned leadership in business school. Well, and again, the way we learned leadership, the uh, leader in the ivory tower with all the information has been dead for years. It's just a lot of people haven't recognized it yet. And when you start to have people working virtually distributed, so to speak, how you get decisions made is a critical process issue. You know, much like the selling process has very clear steps if it's going to succeed at achieving its highest impact and value. The same thing goes on with leadership and decision-making process. How do we bring together the best inputs? Because there's very specific types of input that are critical. Actually, values are one of the critical value basis for decision-making. So I want to say that really clearly. Values are critical to understand where the value exists. One of the key points. Yeah, I, I like that. You know, I struggle with clients when I say I'm the, you know, the value guy and they say, well, let's start talking about our values. And like, values are important, but they aren't the same as value. Right, but um, values are critical to evaluation. Yeah. And evaluation is critical to getting paid, not just getting paid, but getting the decision in your favor. Because when you can, dis when you can help somebody, let me, t let me step back for a second, because one of the things we're saying is that you need to facilitate clarity about what's most important and valuable to your clients. But here's the two perception shifts that transform sales, influence, persuasion, communication, and ultimately relationships. There's two perception shifts that you need to create. Number one is you perceive not, not you perceive, but your client perceives that you, the salesperson, the leader, the person trying to influence them, understand what's most important to them. The client perceives you understand what's most important to them. Here's the challenge. 90% of the time, they don't. So that's a real paradox. And yet the second perception is they need to perceive you can do something about it. Well, what happens to most people and most leaders and most top-down crazy influence is they go, let me tell you why this works. Let me tell you what I've done. Let me tell you who I've done it with. Let me tell you all about my product and service and my reason why you need to do what I'm asking you to do, which is exactly backwards because they're going, how does this affect me or what I care about? So the, the point about being a facilitator of what's most important to the other person is that's the critical perception shift you need to create. You know, by the way, helping them get clear about what's most important and valuable to them Guess what? They know you're instrumental in that. You're there helping them do it. And you find out along with them what really was valuable to them. Here's the second point. 
if you are, if you help them clearly understand that you perceive what's most important to them, they assume you can do something about it. Where most yeah. of us spend a lot of time trying to persuade them, I know how to take care of your problem, which gets no value and no credibility. You know, and again, as experts, we generally know the answer before they know the question. You don't get credit for that. You don't get valued for that. Yeah, I, I also, it, this is related. Um, I, and I still make this mistake probably once a year, is that I understand a customer's situation, their values, and I develop a very bespoke, customized solution proposed for them. And I give them this proposal that I think is brilliant, but I fail to walk them through the connection saying, here's what you said you wanted. Here's this aspiration that we talked about. And that's why I put this element in my proposal. That's what this right. gets you there. You said you wanted this. That's why this part of my proposal is there. So connecting different parts of your proposal directly to their aspirations, to the outcomes they wanted. And, you know, once a year, I forget to do that. And we all do that as sales professionals. And, and the, the, the key is to do this less often, right? To, we're brilliant at our domain, at our product or our service. And we know why we proposed what we, produce, we proposed, but your customer doesn't share our expertise in our domain. And so we expect them to have, form that connection without our assistance. And so when you forget, it's just a confusing complex proposal that, and with a bunch of Christmas tree ornaments that you're trying to sell me on rather than, boy, you were really listening. Well, you know, this is what I call the expertise trap, Mark. And it happens to everybody who's an expert in their field is that you walk in, you know the issue before they know the question, you know the answer before they know the question. You're probably 100% right and you don't get valued for it. And this happens every place I've ever been with a technical expert. If you're an expert in your field, I know your answer before you know your question. Guess what? You don't care. Because until you see the value to you, this is just a pushy person trying to persuade you. So I talk about the double axis here. One side is relationship expertise. And relationship expertise is helping to be that facilitator of clarity about what's most important to your client. And the other side is technical expertise. So if you look at the double axis grid at the bottom of low uh, client relationship expertise and low technical expertise, you know, it's total loser. There's no reason to have that person around. Yeah. You know, if you've got relationship expertise, we call it the schmoozer because they don't have technical delivery capability. But if you have technical expertise, but low relationship skills, it's what we call the expertise trap. You walk in, I know what you need. Let me tell you what you need. I'm gonna write the prescription for you. It's all set. And the client looks at the proposal and goes, what the heck is this for? Yeah. Um, well, you're probably 100% right. But the ultimate is, I understand what's important to you. You've seen me clearly help you get clear about what's important to you. And you know I can deliver on it. That's what we call the indispensable partner. That's the ultimate quadrant. And there's a difference. Um, actually, when I was at Miller Hyman, we were competing with this, uh, the Challenger sale. I'm not sure. If you're right. Thinking. I'm familiar. Of course, everybody and, studied it. Um, the research behind Challenger was uh, to test the, the average employee, uh, average salespeople and the high end, you know, high performing salespeople. And they found out that this Challenger personality type uh, really concentrated. And as a matter of fact, it was almost half of the high performers were these Challengers and almost none of these challengers appeared in the, the average performer group. And 
the research that was that was the basis of that didn't test any of the low performers because they don't matter. Well, clients use that same personality profiling exercise on their entire sales forces, and they found that half of their low performers were challengers. And that's exactly the expertise trap. They're like they they knew what the customer wanted, but they didn't create the credibility and the connection for that customer. So they were the annoying know-it-alls that drove customers right. away. Uh, and half of the challengers had developed this, the complementary necessary skills of, of empathy and connection and connecting their proposal to the customer's outcomes. We call it the stage of engagement. Do you have focus on them and what's most important to them or do you have focus on your outcome? Yeah. You can't be a competent salesperson. You can't be a competent leader. You can't be a competent influencer. You can't be a competent partner without having a focus on what really matters to the other person. The second step of that is really having rapport. And now you're ready to really have a meaningful conversation. I've shifted. I'm focused on you and providing value for you. And I'm going to establish rapport. Now let's start to get into what really matters, what really would be valuable. But, you know, there's so many pieces of the process again. And most people don't have a coherent process. So we're spending a lot of time, especially at leadership team level, helping people get what we call strategic alignment of their senior team, which is critical to strategic alignment of their organization. And that means clarity of alignment around identity values, around vision, mission, goals, and strategy. And if you're not clear about the process to get there, you probably don't have a clear coherence or alignment of those things. So this is, it's amazing when you can say, I've never met an executive group that can answer the question the same way. What's your vision, mission, and top three strategic objectives? Only the three most important decision-making factors running your entire organization. And yet at the same time, we're barreling ahead, full steam activity in lieu of clarity. Yeah. And it's just dangerous. There's no, you know, you're, you're creating problems for your organization by doing that. Yeah. Motion, not progress. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Steve, uh, there's about three other things I wanted to talk about, but we are out of time for today. Um, what a great conversation. And how can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more about your practice, your leadership, um, which everybody I highly recommend, by the way. So listen to how to get a hold of Steve. So go to the website, www optimizeintl.com. That's optimizeintl.com. You can also reach us through our uh, email, info at optimizeintl.com. And the phone number, 978-369-4525. That's 978-369-4525. And we'll get back to you. Happy to discuss how do you create more value internally and externally at any time. Mark, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Uh, Steve, it's been a pleasure and I wish we had more time. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us on the Value Clarity Podcast. Steve and I have, uh, are in agreement that value only exists in your customer's mind, which means your success, strangely, is all in your customer's head. Thanks and have a high value day. Well, it ain't easy, cause value's in your buyer's brain. If you're selling on only your features, you're gonna drive over you insane. And if you ignore your customers' outcomes, you're bound to be paying your dues, cause you'll be singing those old, don't know value
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.